Welcome to the On Her Turf podcast, everybody. I'm Katherine Tappan. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so honored to be joined now by Karen Murphy, the Senior Vice President of Business Strategy and Chief Financial Officer for the Chicago Bears. Karen, it's fun to be here in person with you. Yeah, thank you. And uh, a great weekend as well, the 100th kickoff of the NFL, and the Chicago Bears are hosting the Green Bay Packers. When you get to this time of the year, Karen, what's it like for you? What's the excitement level like? For me, uh, it's crazy. Every week leading up to the regular season, I actually get nauseous. So, <laughs> really? Yeah, after literally. After all these years, too. After all these years, it's it's all the preparation that's gone into this. It's mm-hmm. the excitement. It's what you know. It's sixteen games. Like every game counts. And so, leading up to this, uh, it, it's just so exciting. And it being the hunter season of the Bears in the NFL playing our arch rivals mm-hmm. to kick it off, it's it's uh, it's at a peak. What has the week been like for you as far as preparation and obligations that you have? Obviously, being the host team, there's a lot of responsibility with com- that comes with that. The city of Chicago is yeah. is ready. So what's it like for you this week? Yeah, absolutely. And then we, we also unveiled some statues this week, too. So we had that on Tuesday. Um, so that was even something additional we've been doing. For me, on the on the game week, we're just prepping and making sure we're ready. We're, we're doing all mobile tickets this year. Mm-hmm. So we're making sure we're ready. We've looked at how the preseason worked, and you know, I have IT that reports up to me, so they've helped me, and we've been looking at you know, everything we can do to make sure it's smooth on Thursday. So hours of the day, approximately, are you just working around the clock right now? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about you with the Bears, because it's so fascinating how you got to the Chicago Bears, but also the fact that you've been here now. Is this your 20th season? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So 20th for you, 100 for the NFL. Uh, over the course of those 20 years, Karen, what would you say has been the most eye-opening to you as far as maybe the development of where the game has come, uh, females in the the business, what would you say is the most eye-opening? Yeah, I would say one of the things I've really learned about the industry is just how challenging it can be because it's such an emotional business. So, you know, our customers are our fans. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard on the business side of things to really project what demand will even be and what uh, what those future revenue streams will be. So that that's a tricky part of the business. I think um, I also like seeing how far women are coming in the in the game and we're, we have more and more women in our front office. Um, so that that's exciting for me too. Well, speaking of your front office, your owner as well, uh, Virginia yeah. McCaskey, Bears owner. Um, she's been around for a long time. Yeah. You've had a chance to learn from her. Yeah. What have been some of the biggest uh, messages that she's conveyed to you over those years? Some pieces of advice maybe that she's given you or ways you've learned from her? Yeah, I think... She really sets the tone in the culture here, and uh, one of her one of her biggest mantras really is to stay humble. And I think this this family and this organization is very humble. And I think from that you learn um, to relate to people, to be transparent, to be able to appreciate when you can ask for help, and and to admit when you don't know the answer. And so, being humble here and and just the the values of respect and integrity that she she embodies, um, it, it goes down to every employee. So it, it's been great. How much interaction do you have with her? Have you had with her over the years? Yeah, she, you know, she really lets the front office lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and she relies, you know, on her children too, her and the board of directors. And so, you know, we see her at, at meetings and whenever she speaks, um, everyone listens. Mm. It's like you could hear a pin drop. So we know the experience that she has. She's been in this her whole life and it's just so impressive. Well, meanwhile, we talk about 20 years you've been with the Bears, but 
football hasn't been what you've been in your entire life, uh, unlike Virginia. When you look at where you came from, I know you worked for Ernst & Young, then the Walt Disney Company, before you came to the Bears 20 years ago. How did those two organizations help prepare you for the position you're in right now? Sure. So I think Ernst Young was a great platform. So I was able to audit a bunch of different clients. And so I would go to different businesses every couple months. I mean, I was auditing tire companies, fertilizer companies, casinos, everything. So you really learned how different businesses make it and what some of their strategies are. And as a young person right out of college, I was, you know, put in front of CFOs and really talking to executives at those teams. So you learn different communication styles. And so... I really, I, I, that was a great experience for me to learn more about just business and mm-hmm. take what you learned from textbooks and put it into practice. Uh, Disney was great. So they run, they're in entertainment, right? So it's, it's, I learned a lot from Disney and been able to use it at the Bears. So I, I was in the audit department. And so that meant I got to see a lot of different business units. So I looked at their retail. I looked at their film distribution. Uh, the first day I got to work, I bagged and bagged and bagged to work on the sports accounts. So <laughs> that was one of the main reasons I went there. I was going to say, that was one of the reasons, yes. right? With ESPN yes. underneath ESPN. the umbrella of Walt Disney Company. Yes. And you always wanted to be in sports. Absolutely. So that was kind of a pathway to get yes. you back into it. Yes. So, I mean, I would not give up. And mm-hmm. I just continued to beg and bag. And finally, I got a job with ESPN Brazil which was great. Um, and then the Angels had a two to three week job down there to look at the concessions operations. So I went down there, was able to talk them into keeping me for six months. So I kept finding projects and ways I could add value to them. And mm-hmm. so I was able to stay around for six months. And then that's when I started interviewing for the Bears job. That's so awesome. So you were yeah. in Brazil. You lived in Brazil for a little while? I you... just audited them. So I was there for like six weeks. Okay. That's yeah. awesome though. Yeah. A great, great place to be. Yeah. You know, you talk about convincing you know you tried to convince them that you were you know or you you wanted to share that this is what you were interested in in sports and I think a lot of the times it's hard to figure out ways that we can showcase ourselves better in the jobs that we're in or hey we want a certain position but how do we go about getting it what would you say is the best way to go about that if, if someone's trying to get into a different sports area or a different you know position within their company how best do you display yourself and showcase yourself Yeah, for me, I've always been a put your head down and work hard Mm -hmm. and good things will happen. Uh, I think sports can be challenging because there's so few jobs. So you have to really network. And sometimes you have to take entry level jobs. And once you get in, you can prove, prove yourself, get people to trust you, work hard, show them that you're willing to do what it takes, that you're interested, that you're passionate. And for me, that was that's what's paid off. That's what's worked for me. Well, we know you're passionate. And those that don't know that are listening, I mean, you grew up an avid sports fan. Um, I read that you had multiple TVs on growing up with different games and always watched games with your family. Um, and then it was it was something, the passing of your father, that made you realize that I got to go for this. I really got to start doing something that yeah. I uh, that I love and get back into sports. Can you share that story with us? Sure. So when I look back on it, it really was a big pivot point in my career and my life. Um, so my dad did die very young in an accident and it really hit, obviously hit me hard. But what I realized is, you know, you, you do, life is short and you have to make every day count. And I, up to that point, I had really been taking the safe route. So I went to college close to home. I became an accountant like my dad. I worked for an accounting firm out of college, all, you know, relatively safe choices. Mm -hmm. And that's where I decided 
I got to go for it. I got to do what I love. And I, you know, to me, moving to California when I never even stepped foot in California, that was a big risk. And once I got there, I ended up traveling to over 20 countries and it was really wow. life changing for me. Yeah. It really opened up job opportunities. It really broadened my horizon. It really gave me some life lessons. So it was, it was a great decision. And looking back, I think that's the thing that really spurred me to start taking those risks. That can be scary though, too, yeah. picking up and moving. I know, yeah. you know, when I speak to college students and they want to get into the industry and I say, well, you're going to have to move. I know yeah. you, you grew up in this area, but you're going to have to yeah. find a job elsewhere. And that to me was scary too, for my first um, job as well. When you, when you hear people talk about the fear of the unknown in the sports industry, mm-hmm. what is your best advice for that? I mean, you just have to take it on, head on. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think when you're passionate about what you do and you take the time to learn the industry and to perfect whatever technical skills you have, it just builds confidence. I Mm -hmm. think one of the main things a leader can have is confidence. I think you need confidence in this industry. Um, There's a lot of confident people (laughs) in this (laughs) industry. So, you know, that that just takes doing it, working hard, um, gaining people's trust, and and that'll come. I think confidence is such a a key part, too, in ascending the ranks in the sports industry, as you mentioned, especially as a female. Um, It's intimidating being around all these men all the time. You certainly know that very well. There are some days, though, when maybe you're not as confident as others, right? Some day you wake up and you just don't feel it. Um, Would you... Would you adhere to the motto of sometimes you got to fake it, sometimes you got to find a way underneath all of that fear to fake the confidence so that you can have it when you go yeah. into a boardroom or go into a meeting like you do? Yeah, and I think for me, I'm very type A, mm-hmm. uh, always was going through school. So I really had to learn that um, perfection is really the enemy of progress. And so you don't have to have everything's not black and white. You don't need to know 100% of the answer. But sometimes you have to go with your gut and trust yourself and base it on what you've learned through the years and what you've researched. And, and for me, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm constantly looking at ways to learn new things. I'm reading whatever I can. And so you just got to trust yourself, which isn't easy. It's right, easy. right. Well, it's also not easy when, let's say, the head coach comes to you and says he wants to sign a player for X amount of millions of yeah. dollars or the general manager. So you yeah. are the chief financial officer yeah. of this incredible organization known as the Chicago Bears. Women like Karen are making an impact in the NFL. A new season of On Her Turf's original digital series, Football is Female, is back and a new episode drops this week. The series highlights amazing women working in and around the NFL from coaches to trainers to executives. These women prove every day that football is female. Be sure to follow On Her Turf on Instagram to watch episode one. Yep. So you get these requests a lot. I'm seeing all the NFL contracts going around left and right. I mean, what, what is your reaction as far as balancing what the team wants, what the coach and the GM want, with actually what is fiscally available and responsible for yeah. the organization? Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to discipline, really, and, and really thinking long term. So... You know, the football team, they have a short-term mentality, and rightfully so. Each season is its own season. Every season they want to be hoisting the trophy. They're worried about job security. So for them, I get it. It's short-term. I have to look at the long-term perspective Mm -hmm. of this company. And so it's it's teaching them and explaining really why we're doing certain things. And, you know, they'll understand it, and it's it's – getting into their world and understanding what's important. And, you know, they, they just have to prioritize also. So it, it, it works out in the end. But it, yeah, it, it's a constant it's be hard struggle. Though. Some of those conversations are, I would imagine, very difficult behind yeah. closed doors. Yes. 
Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so do you have a um, sort of your own mindset going into some of the difficult conversations you've had, some of the negotiations you've had to do over the years? Um, is there a specific, um, you know, inner strength that you grab onto knowing, okay, I got to have this tough conversation. How am I going to approach this? How am I going to get through this and, and make sure they know where we're coming from? Yeah, I mean, I think... I've gained the trust. First, I try to gain trust with people. Mm -hmm. So I do think that they'll trust my opinion. And I and I, I know it's really important to listen and understand where they're coming from. So I appreciate every time they come with a request and it's just sitting down and working it out. You have to be willing to compromise too. Mm -hmm. So if we have to pick one thing over the other, we can we can give that as a suggestion. If you guys want to do this, then maybe we don't do this this year. And maybe this is something that comes up in the future. So it's a it's a you know, it's an open communication and just compromising with yeah. them. So. Over the last 20 years here with the Bears, uh, what are some of the most difficult negotiations that, that you can recall um, and, and maybe a lesson that you've learned from that experience? Yeah, I think it's just you have to just stick to your guns and be consistent and have a plan. So... When you veer off of that plan, then that's where you can get in trouble. And you don't, if you don't keep that sort of long-term mentality. Um, so, you know, Khalil Mack, right? That was a big signing. Yeah. It was uh, a, a big decision here. And it, really, it was the long-term perspective and weighing in what he can do to this team, the wins he can bring, and the popularity that will bring to the team, and weighing that all out with the money it would take to sign him and that means we may not you know we may have to make harder decisions in the future it worked out pretty well though yeah, right? yeah yeah <laughs> those conversations I mean are you involved in the agent conversations as well and I mean who's involved in all of that yeah no not typically so I I would focus more on the back end on giving these guys the budget okay overall for the next few years and then they really take that budget and and they have to stay within that budget and they do a great job so that's mm -hmm. really our cap guy and our GM they work directly with the agents. So you knew you gave them a, a chunk of change, so to speak, and yeah. Khalil takes a lot of it. <laughs> yes. uh, were you surprised by that number when it ultimately came down to that? And I mean, you obviously <laughs> knew and you were involved in the process, yeah. but did you think that was the number it was going to take? Um, I was a little surprised. Yeah, you were? <laughs> yeah. So you see that number on the table and you're thinking, okay, now how do we get everything <laughs> yeah. else in there? It's time um, to regroup. Yes, yeah. yes. Yep. So do you have to restructure things then after that? Or, you, you know, I guess you have to prioritize then what yeah. he's taking X amount yep. of the percentage of the of the salary cap yeah it'll be future years where yep. we'll have to prioritize yeah yeah that's fun though yeah it must it be like fun. yeah it gets you energized and the fan base when you see like the reaction when the fan base responds to a signing like Khalil Mack yeah uh, what is your reaction to that it must be pretty uh, rewarding for you it's really rewarding mm -hmm. I mean I love you you really can't go many places these days without people talking about the bears and it's really a sense of pride for me because I you know I've I never take it for granted and I think mm -hmm. yeah wow I work there right I'm a part of that I'm a part of their team so that that to me will always be amazing and I love I love our fan we have amazing fans mm -hmm. um, they are loyal and they are passionate and we honestly want to bring them a Super Bowl <laughs> so we're trying we're trying they desperately want it too I mean this yes. city has won championships in recent years yeah. um, the Cubs have won yeah. the Blackhawks uh, have had quite a run um, you know three championships in the course of a decade uh, are you a fan of the other teams in the town as well do you get to go to other sporting events in your very limited spare time yeah I definitely am fans I've now lived in Illinois longer than anywhere else so I can officially call myself a, a local uh, but yeah I, I cheer for the Cubs and 
Bulls, Blackhawks. I mean, I love the people that work there. I get mm-hmm. to know them. And so I'm rooting for them, too. So. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. You grew up yeah. in Wisconsin, is that correct? Yeah. So were you a Packers fan growing up? So I was. I have a funny first day of work story maybe here, especially on Packer Week, is I got to work the first day. I came. I started in December, mm-hmm. and I started on Monday right after a game. And so every Monday we would eat as a group back then. And I sat down next to Ed McCaskey. And back then, we were a small organization. So he said, hey, are you new girl? And I said, (laughs) yeah, I'm the new girl. So we started talking. And he said, well, where'd you go to college? And I said, University of Wisconsin. And he said, well, where'd you grow up? And I said, Wisconsin. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So he stops talking to me. And he bangs his fist on the table. And he stands up. And he said, I want to know who in this room hired a Packers fan. Oh, no. That was my first day of work. Welcome to the Bears. Yes. 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 Well, 20 years later, it seems to have uh, paid off. I'm sure he was just trying to test you a little bit there. I mean, at the time, my gosh, how intimidating. (laughs) Let's talk about your family life. Because I'm always fascinated how, you know, women in in senior positions like yourself are able to achieve this, quote, unquote, work-life balance, if it is even possible. Possible. Yeah. Um, do you believe? I know you're you're married. You have two beautiful children. Yeah. Uh, quite a busy schedule, professionally and personally. So, is there such thing as a work life balance? I think there can be, and I think it's it's individual to each person. Mm-hmm. It's their their choice. I have made it a point to leave pretty much every day since my kids have been born. Around five or six, we eat dinner wow. together. We talk about homework. We talk about what happened that day, and so. Then if I reboot the laptop at that at night, then I have to do that. That's fine. But for me, it's been a priority to be home with them for dinner. And I, you know, I'll save some of my vacation days so I can be the field trip volunteer mm-hmm. or I can go out of town on a soccer tournament or a dance tournament. And so for me, that's, I make it a priority yeah. and, you, and you really have to. That, that's incredible because I think that's so important too. And especially, I mean, nowadays you hardly hear about people sitting around a dinner table together yeah. and talking yeah. um, together yeah. and sharing in those conversations, but that's important. I mean, I know that's how I grew up yeah. um, and it's such an important value and such an important thing to instill. Do you try and tell your employees as well, um, those that are working for you to try and get out and Hey, if you have to finish your work later tonight, do it, but make sure you're home for your kids. Absolutely. I think that flexibility is critical, especially when your parents or you have a spouse or you have family that you have to help out. So I think you have to do that. I Mm -hmm. think it's really important. I think I'm, I like to model that. And so I think they see that and they've, they're all comfortable. I hope Mm -hmm. um, bringing that up. But if, yeah, if your kid's sick, stay home. Yeah. Right. And and it's all about being efficient to me. It's not about the number of hours you work. It's about being efficient when you're Mm -hmm. here. So, you know, I'm not impressed with the person who stays till 10 every night. I'm impressed with the person who gets their job done. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's great advice. Yeah. 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 Even, I mean, in times in your career, especially here with the bears, when you're overseeing the rebuilding of soldier field and you're working 70 hours a week and and you're working around the clock, making yeah. sure everything's on point with that. Uh, that's got to be hard to achieve the balance that you're describing. I'm sure there's some times when it's less likely uh, attainable than others, yeah, right? Absolutely. There's pockets you go through where you just may not be able to get home at five. Right. But to me, it's always getting back to that and making that more the norm than mm-hmm. the exception. And I've been lucky. I've been supported here in that. So I've been able to do that. So I hope to continue that. Yeah. Are there things you do to try and relieve the stress that you're under? Um, I don't know. A lot of people talk about yoga or reading or meditating, uh, listening to podcasts, whatever it may be. What kind of things do you like to do to sort of give yourself your time, care yeah. time? Yeah. I, I feel like I don't 
have a lot of care and time, <laughs> right? I mean, right. a lot of my time is spent with the kids. For me, that's de-stressing is to go watch a soccer game or be mm-hmm. at a dance tournament and just be spending time with them or hanging out with my husband watching TV at that's night. Great. Like. For me, that's good, and, I, and I'm the type of person who doesn't skip my vacation days, so when I have them, we take them. I'm a beach girl, so sitting in front of anywhere on a beach to yeah. me is how I really de-stress. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, you mentioned you like to read. I mean, are there specific um, books that particularly you enjoyed or that really resonated with you that you can share with us? Yeah, I mean... I wish I had more time to read books. Yeah. I, fi- I find that I spend a lot of time reading the Wall Street Journal or Pro Football Talk or a lot of the periodicals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I fill it in with some of the leadership books. And I've read a few, um, but nothing really sticks out. I mean, I wish I had more Just, time to read. Yeah. Because well, I the Wall it. Street Journal alone takes, <laughs> I mean, yeah, me, it takes, takes like a, a week to read one up. <laughs> yeah, one issue. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's intense reading. It's, it's funny you say that because I love to read too, but you don't have the time. It's mm-hmm. just hard when you're trying to research your actual job and yeah. do other things to pick up a nice novel. And yeah. even when you're on the beach, it's hard to just read. Yes. You're watching your kids. Yes. You're enjoying each other's company. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard. Yeah. And I, I, I don't want to lose, you know, sleep. I like, I like a good eight hours right. of sleep. Right. So, right. Oh, woman after <laughs> my own heart. Get, I love to hear that. that. Up. Yeah. I, th- I mean, it's amazing what you're saying though. you here. You have this big position here. You still manage eight hours of sleep. You still manage family time. This is remarkable, Karen. Like this is really, <laughs> well, just to hear how you prioritize it all and, yeah. and that it is, you are still able to get sleep and spend quality time, even when you work hard and yeah. you're type A, as you say, I yeah. mean, this is all attainable. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Who yeah. were some of your role models growing up? Definitely my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's where the humility came in, right? And they taught me that from day one. And my boss that I've had for 20 years, again, preaches humility, preaches hard work, put your head down and you will be rewarded. Mm-hmm. And, and I have been. So yeah. I've seen that play out. And so I try to, you know, pass it on to my kids yeah. too. So. I know. I also read that, you know, to achieve such balance, you need a really good partner as well. And you've talked a lot about your husband being, yeah. um, just being there for the moments that, yeah. that you need him and, yeah. and in his position. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just talk about his role in the family and how he has helped yeah. you achieve this great success here? Yeah, absolutely. So, I think him being a teacher helps, not that teachers aren't on the clock 24-7 mm-hmm. also, but his hours and having summers off has really helped balance the workload and, he, you know, help me out with, you know, getting the kids from, yeah. you know, X to Z. Point A to point yeah, B. Yeah, point A to point <laughs> B. Like, we're both always running in different directions, but, you know, he is always my rock. He is, a, you know, I can always run anything by him, and he has a good perspective because he's in a totally different industry, mm-hmm. so, and dealing with kids all day, so it just, it, he's he's a, a great person to bounce things yeah. off of. Sometimes you might feel like you're dealing with kids all day, too, right? Yeah. With NFL <laughs> right. players and right. everybody around the game, right. um, but right. we We've seen with the game so many women ascending ranks and so many women being involved now in the NFL, and and we're starting to see a transition. Uh, What do you see as far as women in the NFL and how we are growing in that area and where are we at in your mind? Yeah, I think when you look at sports compared to other other industries, Mm -hmm. I'd say we are farther behind. And I think what companies are going to realize and sports teams alike is that diversity of thought is so important. And so mm-hmm. to have that different perspective or just someone to come in with a different lens in a in a meeting, the companies are really starting to understand the benefits of that and that having those different points of view are important. And so I think companies who don't do that will be left behind. I think the companies who bring in different points of view will be the ones that are innovating and mm-hmm. who are trying new things and, and keeping ahead of the pack. So I think 
it'll be critical and companies are starting to see that. And so I, you know, we, we have a lot of women now that we're bringing up the ranks. And so it's really just being intentional and supporting them and, you know, being flexible with work-life balance mm-hmm. that'll that'll help them continue to ascend. Yeah, so. I mean, you came from the the Wall Street sector. I mean, with Ernst and Young, and then in the, even when you started at Walt Disney Company, um, is it was it harder being a part of the negotiating rooms at Ernst and Young and and the, that that type of environment of Wall Street? Is that more of a challenge than let's say the pro sports sector? Or is the, it, can you even make a comparison between the two? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can even make a comparison. Mm-hmm. It's been a while, too, since yeah, I've been sure. at Erson Young, and, and a lot of my leadership and managing people has been more on the sports side. Um, but I think, you know, it should be consistent. You know, if you are in a room and you, you're confident because you're passionate about what you do, you, you know you have the skill sets and you can exude that confidence, I think it doesn't matter where you work. Mm-hmm. I think... People will trust you, mm-hmm. and then they'll treat you as a peer, and then it shouldn't matter what gender you are, what race you are. Right. Uh, finally, before I let you go, I got to get your thoughts on Carly Lloyd and this NFL sensation yeah. of her, yeah. you know, kicking and, yeah. and being at the, you know, the Eagles and the Baltimore yeah. Ravens, and everybody's buzzing about this. She's an Eagles yeah. fan, obviously. But yeah. what are your thoughts on, you know, maybe will we see a woman in the NFL soon, and could it be Carly Lloyd? Yeah, I hope so. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I know there was. I was reading a story a little while back that there was a college football player. Uh, female too so I'm excited Uh, bring it on yeah yeah were you watching some of her I mean it went viral it was pretty impressive what she was able to do yeah it is impressive (laughs) but even still there's critics it blows my mind that people are you know criticizing her for the amount of steps she took and yeah it's it's they can never let a moment shine yeah it's always got to be some kind of negative around it right it should be the production that she had. Right. The, yeah. Right. So yeah, you've been following along closely. Right? Oh, yeah. So maybe we'll see her. Maybe yeah. Carly can come here to the Bears yeah, and be right. a, a backup kicker, great. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Karen, we appreciate your time. It's been fun chatting with you. Um, thank you so much. Thanks for being a trailblazer. And I yeah. hope more women are able to follow in your footsteps as well. But we know it's a busy week for you, so we appreciate you taking the yeah. time. Thank you. Absolutely. Our thanks to Karen Murphy for chatting with us. You can download the Honor Turf podcast on the NBC Sports Scores app or wherever you download your podcasts. Let us know what you think and be sure to follow us on Instagram at OnHerTurf. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Be sure to join us next time for the On Her Turf podcast.